is all stuff which appears to be working <laughs> with the Defense Department. And, and in international affairs and through the Secretary of State's office, clandestinely or ostensibly to be used for international warfare kinds of operations and to give false information which was part of the Modernization, Modernization Act was that we had ISIS bunch and the rest of them that were learning things, truthful things inside of our country that uh, they could not, they could have learned elsewhere, or that we were not able to give disinformation through our mainstream media that they would pick up and use uh, and be used, even though it was a psyop. So they've flipped all of this and they have legalized it and authorized it, even though it was already being done anyway. That's just exactly the way it works. And so. Uh, that's that's the quasi-military and international aspect of it. What I am going to say to you is that's the smallest piece. Uh, and I'm going to go deeper than that and to expand upon some of the things I've talked about over the last week, which is this. This whole idea of PSYOP has not been limited to military or international or even... Uh, internationally related matters which work in and out of Congress and which have now become legal. That's the shallowest edge of it. What I'm going to suggest to you is to think about what else they might be doing with it. And it is imperative to get with the program on this and to understand how it can be used against us. And I'm going to tell you that the PSYOPs that are being used if you take a look at the last several years, the PSYOPs that have to do with us domestically are being used actively on both sides and are being used to polarize, legitimize, and destabilize our national government on both sides. So we had all of this stuff about the Russian collusion, Russian invasion, Russian uh, uh, um, breaking into um, Hillary stuff and the rest of that. And that was on one side of it, which was claiming that the Trump administration, the Republicans, were doing all the bad stuff. And the Mueller stuff was, Mueller investigation was supposed to go after Trump and offset that. I'm going to tell you that was a PSYOP. <laughs> Why was it a PSYOP? Because it satisfied both sides of the two-sided parties, which, which is all fake news. It made the Democrats think that it was just a matter of time before Mueller was going to get the goods on Trump and therefore they could sit back and wait and watch and just uh, assemble a time when uh, Trump was either going to be impeached or have to withdraw from office, to resign from office. On the other side were all the people that claimed this was all a giant ruse and that it was against Trump and that Trump was, was being picked on and that he needed to defend himself and it was served as a validator for the fact that we were not getting anything else done. Okay. It was a double-sided PSYOP and it did nothing. Nothing happened. 
Alright, so then you have the PSYOP on the other side where Lindsey Graham and Trump and the rest of these guys are all going after Hillary and the foundation and they're looking into and investigating it and it satisfies the so-called right or the Republicans because they're just sure that something's going to happen that Horowitz and the 8,000 indictments and that Huber and, uh, and trust sessions and all the rest of this are going to bring some kind of crescendo and satisfaction against the Democrats and against Hillary that the Pizzagate and all the rest of this stuff is going to be released uh, that <clears throat> Benghazi would be exposed and that we would get justice on that side and nothing happened and so on, on this side of the PSYOP the Republicans the, uh, the right side think is sitting back thinking boy we're going to get our satisfaction on this and the Democrats are saying here's more fake information false news and the rest of that that we're going to have to defend against so both sets of, of uh, investigations and information are psyops and neither one of them mean anything neither one of them are going to come to something and part of what I got out of this I looked at Amazing Polly, I mentioned the other day that she did something on Louis Free and in the 90s he was the FBI director looking into and going after all of the various uh, gate information, the gate scandals against Clinton. And as a legitimate citizen at the time, I thought, well, boy, something, if there's something on Clinton, something will happen, right? And if there isn't, then Louis Free will have come away empty, and that, in essence, uh, legitimizes Clinton. Well, here's what we have going on now. It's exactly the same thing. We've got investigations supposedly working on both sides, working at various levels, including all the stuff that I've talked about, that are going to somehow clean this up. And I'm going to tell you it's all a PSYOP. Nothing is going to happen. Nobody is going to find anything out on either side. And uh, the, to add to the PSYOPs, there are other pieces of this which I find absolutely fascinating, which include some of the Q stuff. Uh, so let me take the last Q information, and I'm going to tell you why it's a PSYOP in addition to being a LARP. So number 3312 is, here we go, April 11th of 19. And it says, how could we possibly be a LARP if everybody's going after us? It says, if we're merely a LARP asking questions on the chance, why are we being attacked daily by some of the world's biggest media companies, social media companies deliberately applying censorship, banning, shills, paid, inserted to disrupt, etc., etc. And so here we have a double layer PSYOP. And it is, it is the legitimizing of one side by claiming that it is being opposed by the other side. So where's the LARP and where's the disinformation and where's the PSYOP? I'm going to tell you it's all of it on both sides. The mainstream media is being instructed to go after Q because that legitimizes Q to the people who believe in it. It goes back to the same old argument that I used to believe in and that I, to which I gave some credence, which is, which was when Trump was uh, first became president, which is 
the enemy of my enemy must be my friend. And so what I look to is if all of the people I hate, like the Hillary bunch and the rest of that, are going after Trump, then Trump must be legitimate. He must be an enemy of the deep state. That's the enemy of my enemy, therefore my friend. So I root for my friend, for, for my logically obtained friend, who is the enemy of my enemy. And likewise, Q is saying, look at all of my enemies, therefore I can't be a LARP. I must be legitimate if all of, my, if all of your enemies are going after us. And therefore, that legitimizes Q. Well, it's a psyop piled on a psyop. And everything about it is a psyop. So when the mainstream media goes after Trump, we think, well, Trump's legitimate. When Trump goes after the mainstream media, the Democrats think that the mainstream media must be legitimate. When the mainstream media goes after Q, <coughs> the Q supporters believe that that validates Q because the mainstream media it is dark and and uh, dirty, and therefore when it goes after Q, it legitimizes it. So we are being psyop from every direction, and none of it is valid. None of it is serving us. <clears throat> Let me add another layer to this. I got a bunch of response to the Assange videos that I posted, and others posted the other day, and they said, well, you need to understand that Assange is being arrested and brought to the United States so that he can be the star witness. And Trump is actually laying low and not giving any credence to him because that would validate uh, uh, Assange out from the outset. So he has to lay low. He has to act like he doesn't know anything. And then when Assange gets here, Assange is going to testify against Hillary and all the rest of them. And he's going to expose everybody and it's all going to break everything wide open. And we're going to finally win because Assange is going to give us the information that we all wanted from the outset. And Trump will have uh, used 5D chess to gain Assange without looking like he's supporting Assange. I'm going to tell you, that's a psyop. It's a multiple-layered psyop. And yes, I think Assange is probably legitimate and probably not part of the multiple layers of psyop, although he may have been fed information which served as a psyop against the rest of us. But I'm going to tell you that Trump is not going to expose anybody through Assange, that Assange is not going to tell anything against the top level, the elites, that will serve to convict any of them. And if you want proof of it, let me tell you that you already know. I mean, there are thousands of Hillary emails showing criminal behavior, including the, the, the illegal transfer and storage and use and dissemination of classified materials for which they don't need anything else. All they have to do is find out whether it's whether it was in fact whether they were in fact the 22 emails of classified information that were put on a non-secure, non-validated, uh, non-governmentally authorized server. That's all you need. And you have criminal behavior. You've got felony criminal behavior against Hillary. So was that prosecuted now? <laughs> no, of course not. And nothing else is going to be prosecuted. It's all a giant psyop. So here's what's going to happen. Let me predict 
based upon what I know, based upon what I've watched going clear back to the 1990s, is that nothing is going to happen, okay? And Trump is going to look like a wounded hero going into the 2020 election. And whether they take him down or whether they um, make a martyr out of him or whether he resigns, it won't matter. It's part of the PSYOP. Whether he runs and limps through it like H.W. Uh, Bush did in 92 and they pick some other um, banker-oriented, Mossad, Zionist-oriented Democrat that will do even a faster, better job and people somehow uh, find that to be a more viable option, then Trump will be taken out. And if they don't and Trump serves them better, then they'll keep Trump. And it won't matter. And, but you know what? It's what? still all a psyop. What? Nothing is real. What? And until and if all how do you know? No, really. How do you know? You have to do is do what I suggested the other day. Ask if you don't take medications, do you? You didn't get that vaccine. Oh, you didn't get the vaccine? Any one of the 435 congressmen and women or the 100 senators that represent us throughout the country. You think that's going to matter? Ask which one of them is going to go after a false flag event. Which one of them is going to challenge 9-11? Which one of them is going to demand... Oh, I know, I know. You know, none of them, none of them. Final release of the JFK assassination stuff or reopen a legit... Okay, I don't even know why y'all care about that one. But anyway. Hearing which one? One, just one. Tell me one who will legitimize any part of this, who will expose any part of this, who will go after Hillary or Trump. I don't care in a legitimate way. They can't because Hillary got them on video <laughs> and eating hot dogs and other snacks. And follow through on it. And the answer is none of them. That's They are all sold out. They are either blackmailed, terrified, uh, intimidated, or paid off, or part of the deep state. They're already in the system, one way or the other. And so the, we are not going to get any information. We're not going to get any answers. And there is only one solution, folks. And that is that you and I, as citizens, rise up against this process and say we won't take it anymore. And we get rid of Nobody's going to do that. You are on something. Them all. Now, obviously, I cannot <laughs> engage in sedition, which is to say that the solution is Bastille Day. But I'm going to tell you that unless we can get, the, unless we get enough of us as citizens to stand up and force oh, them no. out of office, force them to fully it. disclose, force them to engage us 100 percent as they need to, honestly, for the first time since about 1830. Uh, unless that happens, the only solution, there are only two solutions possible. We, we are totally taken down and there is no United States or there is Bastille Day. Now, I'm not accepting either one of those, of course, but the psyops are deep and wide and most people are buying into them. And I look at my own channel and how many people are just certain that either the liberals are all the bad guys the, the Republicans are all the bad guys, that Q has all the good information, that Trump is our ultimate hero, and I'm going to tell you every one of those 
Every one of those is a psyop. Okay? No, That's it. So if you like that. it, give a thumbs up. A lot of you I won't like it <laughs> because I'm telling you, uh, people want to hear, and if you look at my comments in the last couple of them, people want to hear good news. They want to hear that all they need to do is click their mouse well, and, and maybe buy a Q t shirt and everything's gonna get fixed. And I'm gonna tell you that if in fact this is that wearing a t shirt or putting a bumper sticker or uh, clicking your mouse or giving a thumbs up to a video is somehow your most patriotic act, I'm going to tell you that it's not going to work. Give a thumbs what? up if you like. Wait, Thanks wait, so did you just say it wasn't going to work? Or is he serious? I mean, doesn't he know, like, I voted and, um, I'm going to go see Endgame and... For watching. I, I don't know, like, it's in our hands. It's in our hands, America. Don't you know it's in our hands? Put down your iPhone! It's in our hands! Put your other hand! But if you close your eyes, it almost feel like nothing changed at all? And if you close your eyes, wait, wait, no, they're gonna bring the pain! Dude, it's scary, it's scary! Shopping at Whole Foods, you can probably feel some pain too. You know, I heard it's not too late to um get some money for 9/11 if you Going in with the real news. Uh, Trump is talking about 5G. Let's hear what. But I want to start with this about Amazon think? and the Echo Alexa privacy concerns right. that are now yes. being outed Good in the sir. media. I'm not really hearing too many people talk about them, so I wanted to talk about it today. Now, basically, your Amazon Echo, that when you say Alexa, play my favorite song or blah 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 um, they are actual real humans listening to you at different times and there are places that are um, all around the world uh, from Boston to Costa Rica India Romania um, all across the world where people are working nine hours a day and reviewing um, conversations at least um, up to a thousand audio clips of conversations a day that are recorded from your device and reviewed by human beings. And these are everything from uh, everything, your personal conversations. Mm -hmm. So it's not just... And some people's life is actually being affected by that. Like, just, just absorb that for a second. If your boss, your co-workers... Uh, your rivals in business, um, somebody of a completely different 
religion or uh, political inclination than you reviewing everything about you and they decide, you know, well, you're not like me or I don't like that you, you know, I don't know, a Trump supporter or you're a MAGA or, you know, or you're a Christian or you're whatever, or you like heavy metal, you know, any of that. People, these same people that are being given access to this technology, they're affecting people's bank accounts. And as so many people think that crypto is the best thing ever, you got to wonder what kind of oversight, if any, is there going to be once money becomes digital? And they got a system in place like China has where people are, have got, you know, social scores or whatever, meaning the people around you that are watching your little Truman show that you have no idea could be given a tremendous amount of power. When she's talking about, when you are free, just talked about, uh, somebody, wait, hold on. Let's, let's go right back to what she said. Hold on. And then I'll go back in because you could just straight listen to her show. But my point is, I want to talk to you about some of the things that she's saying to Costa Rica, India, Romania, um, all across the world where people are working nine hours a day and reviewing, um, conversations, at least, um, up to a thousand audio clips of conversations a day. Okay. So they can take that audio, do whatever they want. Whatever salacious secrets that you could be, you know, sharing or confiding with somebody that could be used against you, like in Japan, um, where um, I heard that that actually happened because Japan is like one of the last places where there's any kind of, you know, people take a lot of pride in honor and uh, their family reputation and everything. And so whenever, uh, you know, gentlemen would have an affair or something, these third party people would find this stuff out and then be like, uh, you know, you don't do what we say. Uh, we're gonna, you know, it's extortion. It's blackmail. This is how a lot of the people in government are owned. Like, um, the whole, uh, Rob Blagojevich situation. If you remember that Democrat, whose uh, whole career was uh, more than stifled by everybody hearing about the pay-to-play that was going on. Well, people like Hillary is supposed to have information on everybody. So, you know, we can't really look for her to go down under because if she goes down under, everybody goes down under. But my point to you is, as somebody that has had... Uh, a celebrity actually use his ability to access this to uh, be able to take my music, to be able to take personal information, and just let me tell you with what kind of cyberbullying can go on when people know things that are really private to you, and we have no oversight in place right now. I just want you to absorb that, that we really don't have any oversight 
for these new technologies that are going on in terms of uh, the algorithms that are being used and selected. Um, who is having the ability to uh, make these decisions and uh, regulate or not regulate? Um, I did a show last night. Well, I tried to do a show last night and it was again, Bonnie's intuitive uh, talking and she was, you know, going in on people that are kind of like uh, my ex situation where, you know, certain people are being targeted by, you know, whatever karmic people that are in their lives or whatever. And she was trying to give the dirt on that. And I was going to provide that to the audience, you know, with the music or whatever. And he decided that he didn't want anybody to hear that. So when I went back to look at my recording, it was not there. So we also know that Apple is like, you could have a live recording of a concert that nobody has. And they switch it out for something else by the same artist. Like, this stuff is going on. Are we going to hold anybody accountable? Are we going to just keep saying, uh, oh yeah, this is happening. Yeah, it's happening. We don't like it. But we really think that these elected officials are going to do something about it. And I really don't think that they are. But a lot of people are in denial that this is actually happening. And so, you know, my whole point in sharing that story is that we have to raise awareness. And if you're a parent and you have a child that is online, you have to understand that whatever it is that they're doing is being seen by, uh, you know, whatever schools they could be applying to, by whatever jobs, what, if they're outstanding in their industry, if you don't think that they already know, you know, high school students that are showing great aptitudes and things just like, um, just like, you know, athletes that are doing well are tracked by schools. It's the same thing in any other industry. They want to know who the new leaders are going to be and they're all over it. They know everything that they can about people. So the point is, those of us that are awake, we just need to start talking about what's going on and talking about oversight because the government agencies that we're depending to care for, to be concerned for the foods that we're seeing in the stores, concerned with the, the EPA, concerned for, you know, our kids being watched with devices or whatever. They're not doing their job. And all I hear is Trump, 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 Trump. There's so much that, that the re, that news that's supposed to be accountable that they're supposed to be talking about. That we're supposed to be having a voice in and a chance to weigh in on. And we're not. And so if we're, if the, if the, the conversation is constantly Trump and it's never the governing of this nation, they're using him so that we don't ever have to discuss real stuff. And then they want to pull huge stuff out and rush it, bum rush it through. And we really, you know, never get to debate or discuss it.
So, I mean, if you want to just straight up watch certain videos, please go to YouTube and listen to You Are Free, and then you don't have to hear me talk. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to say what I think about what she's reporting on. So this is so important. Uh, this is one of her most important episodes. Recorded from your device and reviewed by human beings. And these are everything from uh, everything, your personal conversations. So it's not just, hi, Alexa, and then it shuts off. Alexa's listening to you all the time through your Amazon Echo device, and people are reviewing hundreds of thousands of clips of this every day, nine hours a day, you know, thousands and thousands of workers across the world. Now, what's really important is that they're, they say they're doing it to train the AI. I know your father. I know your mother. I was in your house, too. And nothing happens? You know, like, you could use that as a deterrent also. What? Like, if, let's say, somebody was following you, and you could say, Alexa, Alexa call the cops! <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, oh. activate uh, the of, house's danger one room. One to twin powers. Alexa, is that a real person? Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to find this. But then there's chat rooms between them where they share clips that they find interesting or amusing. Um, uh, they're sharing personal data. And it is, it goes back to your serial number of your device, and it is absolutely, you know, traced as being you. And so that's why I would put out there again, folks, use your brain in what you're doing with your right to privacy and the convenience of technology, um, whereas you could use your little mandibles, your little fingers to do things like turn on the radio or the stereo or your, um, your you know, phone's music. Um, instead of asking Alexa, who is, of course, recording your conversations, your life, everything you're doing, what you're listening to, what you're watching. And that goes as well for the Amazon doorbell. Uh, the Amazon doorbell uh, camera is also recording who comes to your door. It's recording cars that are parked in your driveway and identifying them. And these are also being identified by human beings, where, again, hundreds of thousands of these clips are then watched by human beings that identify the people with facial recognition of who's coming to your door as well as who is um, driving to your home. And so this is very important because we have, of course, Trump today uh, saying just a couple hours ago that, or just recently, 5G is steamrolling ahead. He had um, his guy, uh, <clears throat> the head of the FCC, uh, Egypt Pai saying, well, Trump said that we are literally going to, um, you know, move full bore ahead and we're going to take away obstacles to getting 5G put everywhere, everywhere in the country. Trump was very clear in saying this. And um, before I go full into that, I wanted to mention a couple other little breaking news tips. One is that we had a man attempt to, who broke onto the White House lawn and attempted to emoliate himself, meaning set himself on fire. He's been arrested. We don't know what the reasons for that were, what was going on there, but I'll let you know if I find out. 
And then we also had a man arrested after throwing a child from a third floor balcony in the Mall of America. And that's, of course, that, um, that mall that has become a huge uh, Muslim hub um, in Minnesota where uh, we have the biggest Somali population in the world and, and you know, it's the biggest place you can go to, to see the display of um, uh, traditional Muslim culture uh, uh, shopping at the mall. The Mall of the Americas, huge, huge place. We have somebody throwing a child from a third floor balcony and apparently this person fled the scene and they were able to track them down using the surveillance cameras and shut down a train nearby and were able to arrest this, this man but we don't know more about that yet either. All right, so let's move on to 5G. Trump came out and said, <laughs> we are uh, basically going to make it so that 5G will be everywhere and that local, local regulations won't be an impediment to the 5G rollout. And so he's trying to say that this is a great, great economic thing um, for, uh, you know, for what? For the big tech, for the people that are rolling out 5G. And, of course, 5G breaks all of our privacy barriers, even to our own bodies. But this is what President Trump is saying today. Now, what is really interesting here is that all politics are local. Local is most important, which is why I'm always trying to get folks to get involved in your local town councils, in your local news stations, in your local um, activism, because this is a this is a great example. This this um, what Trump is doing here is removing the ability for towns to both stop 5G rollout and also to make money um, charging these large giant corporations for using their infrastructure, whether it is. Um, poles, telephone poles, uh, towers, um, uh, and soon we're looking at homes. And this is the big question, is what Trump is saying with the rollout and taking away barriers, obstacles to implementing 5G technology, are they going to take away the rights of homeowners to stop 5G being put um, on things that are on your property? Because we know 5G can't go well through vegetation, through dense uh, woods, vegetation, and we have to wonder what this means, but it doesn't, uh, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. And I've talked so much about the quantum push, about the um, how much 5G is related to quantum technology, how the push to change the society into a, um, very much like what happened after World War II, where the push towards the space race and also nuclear weapons and pushing universities um, and the workforce towards these jobs. Well, this is now happening and with 5G and quantum technology. And President Trump today said that uh, we now have 92 markets nationwide. That's the, the most um, of any country in the world, uh, South Korea being second at 48 and that they want infrastructure approval locally within 90 days, um, mandatory 90-day approval, instead of what would normally, have, you know, you could legally um, present the case to push this off for many, many reasons. And now they're saying they're taking that away from local governments or local uh, councils to be able to do this. And it's very interesting because Palm Beach, of course, where Mar-a-Lago is, 
is um, exempt from 5G. They have a mandate against 5G. Uh, we also have this in Marin County, the, one of the most expensive uh, zip codes in the area of Mill Valley. Um, they also have a ban on 5G. And I've told you recently that Brussels just came out and said that they are banning 5G throughout Brussels, the headquarters of the EU cabal. And so it's very interesting that these places of power and money are getting exemptions, whereas supposedly um, infrastructure approval will be uh, mandatory within 90 days um, in local areas, world, uh, excuse me, countrywide, and that they're especially pushing this on rural America, and they're using economic incentives for farmers and ranchers and others to um, be part of the 5G infrastructure. And, of course, that takes away our privacy, our right to live um, in a uh, electromagnetic spectrum that is not um, uh, detrimental to our health. And there, that is a right that's rapidly being taken away. It was announced today by President Trump and Ijit Pai, the FCC chairman, he says we want the 5G jobs to be here in the USA, to predominate the jobs here. Um, it will improve our lives with telemedicine, okay? Telemedicine, agriculture, which we know is the AI-based regulation of our agricultural systems that you always see with those, um, you know, Bill Gates commercials, Microsoft, oh, AI, AI, it's... It's bringing food to the masses. It's so amazing. It can regulate what's happening in the fields. And, of course, smart infrastructure or um, smart uh, travel, meaning basic. And Trump was like, it's going to really change the way you travel. And this is, of course, folks, this is um, unmanned cars. This is um, unmanned trucks. This is literally taking tons of jobs out of our country and putting in uh, infrastructure along the highways, we all know that that's where the biggest, uh, meanest, scariest uh, towers are all along the highways because they're getting ready for the infrastructure to have remote, con you know, uh, AI-controlled trucking systems as well as, of course, the, um, the uh, smart car system where they're going to make it harder and harder for people to uh, have the normal right to travel in your own human-driven car wherever you like, especially if it is a combustion engine. Now, I'm going to say a little bit more about that before I get into Assange because I think this is very important, um, that one of the biggest things here is that they're actually demonizing now anybody who talks against um, the combustion engine. Now, that is becoming... To, to to speak out against electric cars being energy inefficient, to speak out about electric remote-controlled cars um, using way more energy than fossil fuel energy or emissions um, created by combustion engines is now being called dangerous and derogatory. So we have this great guy, Eric Peters of epautos.com. I, I suggest you go there and check out his stuff. He writes about how, you know, all of the um, all of the corruption going on behind the scenes to to make sure that this smart car infrastructure, which is very connected to um, infrastructure surveillance technology, mind you, your car is watching you just like your Alexa Echo. 
it's watching you, it's listening to you, it's reporting about you, and it's going to become more and more mandatory. Mandatory in the EU, they're pushing now in the cars. There, they have a full-scale war against the five big car companies: uh, BMW, Mercedes, Audi, uh, VW, and another one I can't remember. Basically, pushing this thing where they want to take it over with the electric car industry. But one of the um, on-car and technologies they're adding, the electronics, is to control your speeds. So the smart infrastructure, smart technology, will basically t make your car not go over the speed limit. You will not be able to hit that gas pedal and make it go faster, okay, even to save your life. All right, so if you're in a speed limit 35 and some crazy person is, or, you know, whatever, just gunning towards you, you can't hit that pedal and move out of the way. And this is coming fast to the United States as well. And so they just passed this in the EU, and they're trying to get it in installed in all the cars. And so Eric Peters was talking about this, and he got attacked um, by the big tech Google, you know, social media giants, calling his articles dangerous and derogatory for speaking out against electric um, infrastructure to do with cars and folks electric cars use way more energy okay this is the big lie when you take into consideration the mining the use of rare earth minerals the creation of these batteries that have very limited capability and very limited shelf life um, this is horrendous what it does to the planet compared to the regenerating properties of fossil fuels and so uh, not to mention what it means for our individual liberties and freedom to travel, uh, to get in the car, go where you want to go, right? Especially on those, um, you know, back roads, getting out there, you know, road trip, weekend warrior stuff. Um, they're trying to shut it all down. So I, I want you to go check out Eric Peters of epautos.com. You'll get a lot of great information. I don't know if you've seen videos before where I've talked about Barack Obama during his presidency. I believe his first one, he put out this big call to trade in all your old clunkers. Trade them in. We'll pay you for them. We're, we're paying to clean up the emissions, clean up the air, give us your old cars. And, of course, that was because they don't want cars on the road that don't have either at least the old, you know, OnStar systems. You know, GM was one of the first. And he says, well, whose gold is that in that pin? And they said, well, that belongs to Britain. See, so the queen oh, isn't going to lose her gold. Her well, yeah. because she's got the golden share in and, the end. And so Canada went to zero in their reserves, which is just the stupidest thing ever, especially knowing that we were going towards a gold-backed currency. Now, what has happened? Oh, I could go into this forever. Go Russia ahead. and China both tried to have a gold-backed yuan and a gold-backed ruble. What happened? Nothing. China couldn't get the gold together. Russia doesn't have the gold together. Nobody will sell it. Except for Canada sold it to China. So China could play the game. And China, basically they ripped them off. Uh, so anyway, they tried to get them to be more powerful in the IMF. But if your ruble is not recognized as a world currency and exchanged by the IMF, then you're basically left out of the party. If your Chinese yuan is not part of the party, you are totally left out. So they promised China, we'll bring the yuan in. They did. 
China, under the false pretenses, they had all this new gold. Then they found out they didn't have the gold. Now they could kick them out if they wanted to. So Trump could basically say, "You lied to the IMF about your gold reserves. You're out. That means you're out of the World Bank. You're out of the World Trade Organization." And they don't participate so much in the world.、Uh, their central bank does not. All central banks tend to answer equally to the Bank for International Settlements. It depends on whether they're doing stupid things like fractional banking to, to ridiculous levels, which I must address next because that's the main point of this talk, or the other criminal activities that bankers take. Now, the Bank for International Settlement on March 29, 2019. Hang on. Just told every single bank that's part of their network, 189 banks, that the gold they have is worth twice as much money. And that means, folks, the gold you have is worth twice as much. Perhaps, but maybe not for a while, depending upon how those bankers spend it. And this is what nobody knows. They did this. Everybody's eyes are closed. This has only happened once in history, and that's when we changed the value of the of the of the gold、uh, coin in America, and basically created a fund that we、uh, then used ever since then, called the Exchange Stabilization Fund. Because when you when you value gold up to double the price, that should have just destroyed every economy in the world if it was in the open market. But it's not in the open market. It's only in what these central bankers say are their reserves for fractional banking. Now, this is extraordinarily complicated stuff, but take my word for it: the entire world just got scammed because not only did they just double the value for all the inside bankers, so those bankers could then say because they have new rules coming up as of that same date. Actually, as of January the first of 2019, where they had to bring their fractional reserves, their assets behind their fractional for the fractional reserves, up to a level that's four times greater, so that we will not have an economic collapse like we almost had last time, and America had to bail everybody out. Oh, so because so this is a banker's their new creative way of bailing themselves out. Correct. They increase the value of gold, and. Uh, if the stock market crashes, or let's just say that all of the shares that they have owned, because remember now bankers can be brokers, so they've got all this money tied up in a stock market. If it goes down, what do their balance sheets look like? So what they've done is this arrangement where gold is twice as much, which improves the balance sheet, which then offsets the losses they're going to have. Is that what I'm hearing? Yep. Well, this is so conniving. So, like last time, they did it through the housing market scam. Yep. How interesting. Now remember, they own all those bad mortgages. Yes, of course. The central banks, the banks I'm talking about,、mm-hmm. own gold, and oftentimes the very reserves I'm speaking about, the gold reserves of a nation, may be in their national central bank system, like we have the、mm-hmm. U.S. Federal Reserve, and we use them for currency exchange back and forth, blah, 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 and all this crazy stuff, which is. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh God! We now interrupt this broadcast. Ah!、Uh, Crazy stuff, which is all a fake. It's all completely DJ, fake. We don't know them a dime. We need to go bankrupt on them. Let them go bankrupt, private corporation. But first, take the gold, because we allow the U.S. Federal Reserve to ho- and, and certain central banks to hold our gold at, for currency exchanges, and this is all scam. Now, here's what happens, and this is what makes me so upset. How did the mortgage 
the stock market crash happened because of auditors and insurance agents that said that triple A's, that things were triple A that were B. In other words, bad mortgages, some prime mortgages. Up, they so bundled them up to kill they, the stock market. And they oh, digitalized no. everything. You can't you can't even get a copy of your deed anymore in your house. ICE owns your deed yeah. as a I've digit that they will change that digit to whatever bank tells them to change that digit to when they're told because the banks all belong to a group called MERS and MERS, the mortgage group, is owned by ICE. And that is a huge topic. But going back to the banks, now Chase has so much silver. What, what's going to happen with silver in all this? Was that factored in? Uh, well, here's the deal. The IMF will probably go to a basket of commodities because they basically tried to get all the gold of everybody out in the open. And we even saw China make gold out of thin air. Literally, uh, literally manufacture lead, cover it with gold, and sell it to other nations as gold. Uh, counterfeit gold went that's insane awesome. from China, and then we have that, you know, 7,000 metric tons showing up, and then them being told that's all fake. So they had to do all that to get the gold on the table. Because there is a gold organization that supposedly keeps track of the gold above the ground, gold below the ground. The gold below the ground is all a scam. Never, ever buy paper gold. It's fake. There are entire gold companies that have no gold. They have dead mines like Barrick and, and like, um, well, I, there's many of them. Anyway, don't buy gold unless it's in your hand, okay? And if you buy coined gold, then remember... What just happened was just astounding that people don't won't even realize this happened. Gold was turned into an international currency on March 29, 2009, and it was doubled for those who had the gold, but only if you're in a central bank and only if you use it. And the only reason you would ever use it in a central bank is on your balance sheet, as you say, as an asset that an auditor comes and says, yes, you have this much gold, it's worth this much money. Those auditors... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. The auditor has to uh, uh, price this at the market price of gold. So you can't have two prices for gold. The central banks have this price and the average people over here have this price. Not, Boy, that's a con. No, no. But it can't. It's for the central banks, it's a double value for creating fractional banking assets. So it does for them, it is as good as gold. Mm -hmm. It's as good as money, it's as gold as boom, you got it. From one day to the next, their gold assets, which they didn't tell anybody they were gonna double, they doubled. What if you were in on that deal? Now, mind you, what did we just see? Venezuela that has more money than anybody and more, we don't even know how much gold, sent it to London for safekeeping and London won't send it back. Send it back. What has been happening in America? We've been exchanging gold with Germany, with Deutsche Bank, with HBSC, oh, oh, with minute. Swiss this banks. James, this is James Comey and Robert Mueller. And, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. See, this is all a small club. Oh, it's they. You could, <laughs> Mueller and Comey have so much money in offshore accounts they can't count it. They, they don't. Now, they don't they, want to count it because someone might catch them counting it. So okay. the gold that is out there, they're trying to get on the table, but they don't want to admit that many corporations that were set up by rogue CIA and and foreign intelligence. And all you have to do is look at the Panama Papers and you'll see hundreds, if not thousands, of those corporations. They hide that gold. But when it comes time for audit, they all have audits on different times of the year. You ever notice that with different corporations? And what do they do? 
they move the gold around. So one day it's in this corporation of mine and they count it as my asset and then I move it and then the auditor comes and counts it as my asset over there. Well, that's what happens to gold every single day in the U.S. Federal Reserve is they move it from one place to the next. There's actually this building and they move, literally fiddle, physically move gold in supposed currency exchange. That's insane. First off. Second off, we didn't know anybody any gold and no one would tell us that these gold boats were taking gold, and of course they're the most armored vehicles on the face of the earth, and they were taking gold to Europe and moving, when you move gold large amounts, it's a huge friggin' deal and everybody knows, but they wouldn't tell us who's moving the gold which way, whose gold is it? That's why Munchen went, as you always point out, to the Mint as one of his first deeds to say, show me the gold. And what we need to do the U.S. Fed is grab the gold, freeze their assets. Yes, because the gold is the people's gold. It's correct. not the corrupt Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve is a private corporation. They look, if you if you just bring it down to the essence of what it is, it's in the business of printing something called fiat currency. They they print something like you would go to a printer and you get stationery. Well, the Federal Reserve prints this they're stationery, but the government says this is the currency that all of us have to recognize. Well, we just need our government to say we don't want to recognize it anymore because it's not based on anything. And then get the gold, just like what Italy is doing. Exactly. When Italy just said the gold that's in their reserves belong to the people we're simply going to take and give it to them, that's because it doesn't belong yeah, to their central bank them. assets because it shouldn't. It shouldn't. The gold in the mint and the gold in the U.S. Fed shouldn't even be there. It should belong to the U.S. Treasury. Now, and we need to snag the money from Chase, the silver they've collected. And I don't want to go into all that, but Chase is actually an agent of the government. And so there's something that could be done with that silver. Oh, we can go into But that's another subject. Silver manipulation is a huge yeah. thing, and that's the way that the Blame two biggest banks in America actually balance their sheets by manipulating gold every uh, silver, excuse me, every single year. Now, when you go to the bank and you ask for $10,000 in cash, they're not going to give it to you, and the FBI may show up. That ain't your money, even when you have it in a bank. If you want fiat currency or you want, let's say you got gold somewhere that you've bought gold and it's held there, go ahead, go try get it. Go try to get your gold from any place that says they're holding you physical gold. You're not going to get it. They're going to charge you so many surcharges that it will be whatever the amount is of gold that you have there. This has happened to person after person. Yeah. They put it in the newspaper uh, and out in the news, and we have talked about this. So don't believe for one second. Just And don't believe that even if you have that cash in your hand, that that's the cash that's going to be good tomorrow. Because we've already told you how right there in your $100 bill, it clearly says that the previous ugly green ones... Those belong to the Fed. The new pretty ones, those belong to the Treasury. Just look at it's your bills. It's the $100 bill. We pointed it out a long time ago that the, the transition looked like it was already in play. Um, look, if you have paper gold, the best way to do is don't go to where you think the source is. Just go ahead and sell it, get your fiat currency, and then go down to your coin shop and get your physical gold. That's the easiest way to do it. But when you're there, and this is very instructive, especially if you have children that are old enough to... Um, be interested in money is have the coin dealer show you the books that they keep on all the currencies. These are the, these would be currencies that have become obsolete. You know, like your Confederate dollar bills and stuff. And it's really amazing because when you see all these currencies in time that have gone belly up, 
you realize that the Federal Reserve really is only as good and solid as we, the people of the United States, allow it to be. We were a heartbeat from Hillary Clinton becoming president, at which point there would be no more money in any country, only digits. And if they said you had them, you had them. And if they said you don't, you don't. And your social credit score, which also a digit like we see in Dragonfly in China, they would simply allow you or not allow you to have the money that you may have earned. That's the way they intended it to be. It is called aggressive remote control. And we've already shown you the patents on it and so on and so forth. And this includes banking. And that's the reason they want to take currency out of circulation. The out of circulation and the populace, the nationalists, and they want to have one currency. This is what they've been trying to do since 1944 when Henry Dexter White set up a communist form of world global control called the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the World Trade Organization, and all its subsidiary groups as they kowtow to the Bank for International Settlements. And when they just doubled the gold only for them, only for them, now it's double for them, only for the bankers. Imagine that. Do you know how much money that is? No one can calculate. But what was about to happen, and this is how we can end this, Hillary Clinton was going to bomb Damascus and go to war with North Korea. It was in the plans of the intelligence community that she keeps quoting, the 17 intelligence communities. Go read it. You'll blow your mind. It's called the um, paradigm of progress. And that's the one that they quote all the time. And it, it predicted... Uh, also Trump it predicted that the far left would have been the direction to go last time in 2016 she didn't go far enough of course enough. the predictions weren't by their names it was by the type of person that would emerge on the national front yeah by ideology they told exactly who would win so what we have here is the fact that there was going to be total chaos and during that chaos we were going to have the gold come out of Zurich they can't bring all that gold out at once. And I don't even, I'm not even going to tell you how much gold it is, though we have a fairly good estimate because this gold has been tracked through history. And uh, people will tell you, you know, about the White Lotus Society and about the tigers and all, uh, blah, blah, blah. No, we're looking at just the way the money flowed, period. We don't care about all those big ideas of who found it in the Philippines and how it got there and Imelda Margos and... The Marcos is in what's happening in the Philippines now and, you know, what the Yamashita gold, which the Japanese took from the... Why do you think the Chinese had no gold reserves? The Japanese stole it. Oh, well, where is it? Where are the gold reserves of China and Japan that they had time immemorial? Where is it? Well, we know where it went. But it went to Zurich, and it's in Zurich. If that gold would have come out of the Zurich banks at any one moment... It would overwhelm the economy of the world and cause everything to go to half price because so much is determined by gold. So they had to hang on to that gold, but it's been used for assets and for valuations and for audits and insurance purposes by all of the CIA rogue corporations. We can name them. We have named them. We've named the banks that this gold has actually has banked, has been behind. This is what they built it on. They shift this gold around. Sometimes it goes back to Zurich. Sometimes it comes out. But it didn't come out because Hillary didn't get elected. And now they didn't know what to do because they had already banked on that. That was already part of their plan, that gold was going to be double value for them, you see. But what happened? Only double value for the central banks. And only then, that's why gold hasn't gone up. 
and only then because they use it in banking scams and tricks, almost like a Ponzi. They use gold as a and Ponzi scheme also. And this is what Basel Three is. Yes. Because I know we only said Basel Three at the beginning of the audio, but we've come full circle now. When they said fractional banking, you know that a bank, you know how much, this is unbelievable. The central banks give out all this money. And you know how much they have to back it up? 2.5%. So if anything happened, it's all collapsing. And that's what they saw last time. And that's why we had to bail them out. So it was supposed to go up to 8% and then four times that. Well, they couldn't do it because... It would collapse the economy. Well, it would collapse those banks and their profits. You see, if, if they don't pay 2.5%, but they pay 32%, if they have 32% of their assets in the bank to back them up in case there's a run on the money or there's a problem or they call it liquidity, a liquidity issue. In other words, that they have to have money because banks don't even have the money that you give them. And if you try to get it from them, they get really mad. Let's say you go in your bank, you got $100,000, and you want to get $50,000. Go ahead, try that. Good luck. Oh, you are, they're not going to. Good luck. The FBI is going to show up before that money shows up. Mark my words. They do it for $10,000. They do it for five, and now they're doing it for two. But anyway, going back to this, this is a criminal enterprise of turning gold only for the central bankers into double. This is the goose that laid the golden egg. This is the gold that multiplied itself. This is magic gold out of thin air. Why? Because they couldn't come up with any assets to cover their expenditures and their, you know, the fact that they don't have the money that they're supposedly holding for you. They only had less, in many cases, than 2.5%. Now, over a period of years, they had to come up to okay. 8% last year and four times that this year. But what happens when we the people know about this scam? But the gold just got doubled in value. Well, so guess what? Guess what? They bought gold directly from the CIA, rogue CIA, Zurich banks. Go back to the logs and watch the planes coming out as fast as possible in the last few months. And they are all going to where central banks who bought that and guess what they doubled their money overnight okay, is anything that i want to know what we the people can do about this i mean nothing nothing you don't have a central bank what you don't have a central bank you well, can't I, do a thing oh about i know it. we the people don't have a central bank but but is the knowledge of this happening going to help us in any way is there anything in what you've said that um, our elected officials or people who actually care about America If Donald do? and Melania hear this and they act on it, it could be the biggest thing ever because it gives them the justification for defaulting on the odious debt of the Federal Reserve. The Federal explain, Reserve... Take your time, explain exactly how and why that would be. Because this is fraud. Okay, but articulate, what is that fraud? The fraud is they doubled it for central bankers and not for the rest of us. We can't buy into that gold, only them. Well, do they have special rules and laws for them that allow them to do it and it's not applicable to the They had people. a law, they just broke it and they just made it, in, you know, there was a law, but they just abnegated it like crazy. Okay, because they abnegated it, now if all of it's null and void. Correct. They just doubled the price okay. of gold go to back, themselves. Go back. If you were speaking to someone who could do something about this, what would you say? Okay, Donald Melania. All you have to say is... And by the way, the reason he says that, Thomas always says Melania is the smart one. Melania... 
Melania is listening to us and gives a report to Donald every day. Oh. That's my assessment. Okay, I can't. I don't know if anybody. No, uh, no, they're no, laughing they're at not, me. They're, not they're laughing. laughing at me. Okay, but the point is, I'm certain that it's true, and I don't care what anybody says, because. Melania is a genius. She doesn't sit with her husband for three hours at a table. He doesn't sit for three hours with anybody, not world leaders. If God came to Margo, Mar-a-Lago, he would not sit for three hours with a dinner with God. He sits and listens to Melania, and all the reporters are going nuts because she's doing all the talking. How is that possible? Because she's the smart one. She knows how many languages? She's super smart. Anyway, the point is... She worked the system as well as oh, he did. Remember wow. that. I forgot. She could probably. She became the queen of her system as he became <laughs> the queen of his system. Q. Uh, is Melania Q? No, there is no Q. Q okay. It's a Q, Q, Q was. Oh, no, cool. no, no. Q was Cicada 3301 okay. to begin with, and since then there's been four other iterations, and there was a new one started just two days I ago. I know. We're fine with it. And it's all good because they're good. quoting us. They're quoting the very URLs that we already have posted two days before. We're never going to bash Q again now in its current iteration because it says it's a LARP and hey have fun and learn a lot but if we see that rogue factions are coming in and leading the group in a way that it's not towards truth we're going to speak up about Thank it. Thank God. Uh, their last post which was in clear English go back four or five audios and you will hear me saying exactly those words and you will hear them justifying it. It sounds like they are literally listening to the audio stopping it giving their response by writing it listen to the audio it looks like notes they took Word, concept for concept, okay? We like them when they do that. They've quoted us over 400 times. Back to Melania. Okay, Melania is the genius. Now, for gold? Gold. Okay, we are being ripped off royally. So you go to the U.S. Federal Reserve and you say, Jerome Powell, once I appoint four new people, he's already appointed another one the other day and another one. But they have to be approved. Yeah, and guess what? Mitt Romney doesn't like Herman Cain. During the Only. second, it's okay. Herman during the King. second uh, term, he'll get everything that he wants. I see, because the globalists will realize they've lost. At the moment that he wins that night, which he will, with his landslide vote, the globalists will know they've lost. Right now, they're trying everything they can. The queen is considering inviting him over so that she can probably, in my opinion, poison him like she tried last time. Well, but you noticed he didn't drink anything. People offered him yes, things. Yes, 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 but back to the gold. Okay. We want to know about the gold. So if you were smart and you were central bank and you knew this ahead of time, wouldn't you have bought gold and wouldn't you buy it from any source you could? That's what caused them to adjust. The rogue CIA gold was supposed to come out during the chaos of the Clinton attack on Damascus, which would have started World War Armageddon, and an attack on North Korea, which would have started World War III with China and Russia. You see? And during that chaos is when the gold was supposed to come out because no one would have noticed because the economies of the world would have gone into absolute chaos and during wartime, like when we were hit by 9-1-1, they broke all the rules. They broke every banking rule, every SEC rule, every rule there was for a week. I'm not going to go into that. But when there is an attack, when there is a false flag, when there is the beginning of a war, the chaos is there for a George Soros to come and do exactly what he planned to do because he would buy short on your currency and he would make a fortune now, wouldn't he? He bought short on the stock market for Trump a billion dollars. Had the stock market crashed, he would have made, you know, who knows how much money? So, what, what do we need to do to take down the Fed? You go to the Fed, you say, Jerome Powell and the, and the Fed. Uh, first off, I'm putting sanctions on you. Freeze all currency exchange. 
the U.S. Treasury will do it. Freeze all stock manipulation. One-third of their assets are on the New York Stock Exchange. That should be illegal. It would be if we had the proper laws. Bankers being brokers, brokers being bankers, illegal. It's an oxymoron. Only a stupid person could agree. And it only leads to warmongering. Period. And then you would say, we're going to uh, freeze your assets, and then we're going to audit you. We're going to take back our gold, and then we're going to audit you. And then we're going to find out how much is in your 12 central banks, freeze all of them in America. Uh, so the 13 uh, banks are frozen, and we see what they're, we audit them, and then we take back what's ours. And then because they're a private corporation, once we take back what's ours, we don't care what happens to them, they will ultimately go bankrupt. Who are we bankrupting? Uh, Morgan, Rockefeller, Rothschild. Ooh. These are the people we're bankrupting. Now how they about, have. How about the, these people on the Privy Council that work to try to overthrow Donald Trump? Oh, they all are invested in the Fortune 500, yes. which is nothing Take more than the bankers who took over the Federal Reserve from the beginning, and they bought. And, and any company with the word black in it is a usually Blackstone. Any of the Blackstone companies, how many of those? Thirty-five of them. That's all CIA gold. So. The gold is now doesn't have to come out of the Zurich Gnome banks at the end of the Zurich runway, which you can watch all day long as they're loading up the gold. Ain't nobody's buying gold now. Nobody's going to sell you any gold, probably, but because they're going to be all wondering what in the world's going to happen. No one knows what this is going to do to the world currency. This is an experiment. In the Bank for International Settlement, uh, World War One and Two were an experiment for the Swiss, okay? And they weren't involved in either one, and not a single shot was fired on their grounds. Yeah, but now you let the cat out of the bag, and we've got thousands of people around the world that'll know this intelligence. Well, anytime you can buy gold and silver coins, if it is recognized by your country as a currency as it is here in America. And that's what Betsy was talking about. Another whole show. But if you're talking about gold bullion... Don't ever hold gold bullion uh, paper, hold gold bullion solid, and gold could go up, could go down, who knows, it depends on the stock market. Look what happened to Bitcoin a few days ago, look what happened when it started. We don't know. This is experiments, uh, Bitcoin was experimented by uh, Jamie Dimon and the rest of the bankers. The gold with the Bank for International Settlements is going to be experimented in the next few months, and we're going to see what happens. But right now, it seems as if everyone has a blinder on. And there ain't a person in the world that knows this even happened, that they doubled the value of gold if you happen to be a central banker. Holy heavens. Never in history has anything like this ever happened. So why is no one speaking of it? Because the bigger the lie, the easier it is to believe. What a simple uh, but clear ending. Huh. Interesting. We are done for today. I'm just curious what this is about. And tell you why it doesn't just apply there and why we ought to know that it doesn't just apply. Uh-oh. Keep us busy on both sides. Let me, let me start. It is all a giant psyop. Over the last few days, I have uh, done a couple videos that have to do with the disinformation that we've gotten on a whole variety of areas regarding to what 
the Trump administration is doing or what the Trump administration is not doing. Who are the good guys and who are the bad guys? And whether everybody is a good guy or everybody is a bad guy. And what I have come to understand, and it has taken decades to get to this, is that not only are both sides engaging in psyops, but that the psyops are there to keep us busy on both sides. Let me let me start with what a psyop is, okay? So a psyop is a psychological operation to convey selected information and indicators to audiences, their emotions, to influence their emotions, motives, and objective reasoning, and ultimately the behavior of governments, organizations, groups, and individuals. Alright? And the United States government has engaged in PSYOPs since before World War One. We have knowingly engaged in PSYOPs, and it's been part of the military operations internationally since before World War One. And many of you know about some of the things that we saw in World War II where both Hitler and the Japanese and the Germans were made out to be evil and we were going to go uh, combat evil and therefore we were justified in everything that we were going to do. That was a PSYOP and it was designed to be such. Uh, the Voice of America and uh, radio programs throughout Europe during uh, the Cold War were PSYOPs, and they were intentional PSYOPs, and they were done for that purpose. So a PSYOP can be a bunch of different kinds of things. And let's start with the so-called military aspects of it, and then I'm going to broaden it and tell you why it doesn't just apply there, and why we ought to know that it doesn't just apply there, and that it applies in a very broad range of things. Uh, and that it's being used much more extensively than we have any reason, had any reason to believe that it was. So there are, a PSYOP can encourage popular discontent with the opposition's leadership and by combining persuasion with credible threat, degrade an adversary's ability to conduct or sustain military operations. That's, that's what it's supposed to be, right? So it is supposed to impact the morale of either a civil, uh, a civil op, uh, um, uh, citizenry or the military or some combination of them. And obviously, we used it in the Gulf War, we used it in, uh, elsewhere, and we've used it against our adversaries and enemies forever, uh, even including flying and dropping leaflets in Germany in World War II and elsewhere. So a white... PSYOP, there are three kinds of PSYOPs, or at least that's the way it's been described, is attributable, is a, a, a PSYOP that's attributable, attributable to the source. So it's acknowledged as an official statement of the government. And I'm going to get into detail about what that means in a, in a bit, but the U.S. government or some official or some quoted official or some anonymous source that is called uh, official is supposedly giving out information that we're supposed to believe and of course the mainstream media gives that out and says we have this official source that says this sometimes it's printed sometimes it is announced sometimes 
our government or the military or the Secretary of State will tell us something which is supposed to be true and we're supposed to follow it. I would suggest to you that William Barr talking about spying on the Trump administration is a psyop. <laughs> and I'll tell you why in, in a while. So then we have gray psyops, which are which the source is deliberately ambiguous. And, and we've seen all kinds of those over the last several years, including intensely over the last two years or so, while all of this stuff was going on about the Russian uh, stuff and the rest of that, the so-called Russian invasion, collusion in, in, the, uh, in the election, and uh, the Russian <coughs> stealing of the Clinton uh, emails and the rest of that, a lot of that was sourced from anonymous sources, or if they used somebody like uh, Guccifer too, they used a fake person and uh, and then fake attributed it. So it uh, it makes it look like it's not a, a good source, or, or that it is a good source, but it is not a viable, uh, um, identifiable source. But, of course, if the mainstream media uses it, then you assume, you're supposed to assume that obviously this is a reliable source and it just has to stay anonymous. The third kind of PSYOP are, is black PSYOP, uh, not surprisingly, and it appears to emanate, emanate from a source that is hostile to us. That is, uh, we get this information from... Uh, ISIS or the Iraqis or from the other side and so uh, it is some kind of covert deal where we have snatched this information and of course it's highly valuable and highly authenticatable because it comes from a hostile source so it's not being made up uh, and so we're supposed to believe that because it is uh, clandestinely sourced from a hostile uh, uh, party that we can trust in its nature because they would not have said it if we have if it was not if it were not true. The history of this uh, psyop business goes clear back to World War II and of course maybe clear back to Roman times for that matter. But they used it in World War One as a and had a propaganda subsection, which was established under the American Expeditionary Force and the military intelligence branch within the executive division of the general staff as early as 1918. In World War II there was extensive use made of it and I've made some notes of already of that and it was tucked into some of it was tucked into the Office of Strategic Services which is the predecessor to the CIA and it, it was established as a wartime intelligence agency uh, during the war and it was formed as a part of the the Joint Chiefs of Staff to coordinate espionage activities behind enemy lines. So we're still dealing with allegedly foreign services, international relationships, etc. and hostile relations where we're using this stuff as a, as a clandestine source for giving um, PSYOP material, black material, to uh, the other side to disinform them or to inform them of things that they might otherwise believe and we've done this in all kinds of ways. They used uh, PSYOPs extensively in Vietnam 
with propaganda from the United States Information Agency and Military Assistance Command of Vietnam. Um, and, <coughs> excuse me, General Westmoreland, who was the chief general of the of the uh, chiefs at the time of Vietnam made some kind of comment that psychological warfare and civic action are the very essence of counterinsurgency campaign here in Vietnam. You cannot win the war, this war, by military means alone. So they were using it uh, to, to try to influence the Vietnamese and of course that's uh, where we would get the idea of it. They also used it to topple Saddam Hussein, and they used it now, uh, let's shift to the Central Intelligence Agency, which was the successor to the OSS, and it was set up as part, it, as early as this clandestine stuff, the PSYOP stuff was set up as early as 1950, and they used it as part of foreign information program and psychological warfare planning which which began in 1950 and worked out from there and the the legislature the congress validated and authorized it in the late 1940s which as part of the CIA stuff and as part of all of the rest of the Cold War and post-war matters and reorganizing our secret agencies and tucked this uh, clandestine PSYOP material into the Secretary of State to tell the Secretary of State that, that, that they were, that it was responsible for coordinating these overt psychological warfare with censorship, domestic information, etc., etc., and to control the, ex the execution of approved plans and to operate it with the Secretary, with the Department of Defense uh, to, to set the stuff up. And they, they worked uh, extensively in, with Saudi Arabia, Arabia and, and Kuwait and in Iraq, and they did all kinds of crazy stuff in Iraq, uh, including which is not part of the PSYOP information directly, including having microwave-like waves that got into the heads of the Iraqi defenders and was supposedly the, 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 the voice of Allah telling them to surrender. So we've done this at all kinds of levels. <coughs> In 19, I believe it was 1976, Frank Church, uh, set up a special committee to look into clandestine operations that might be ongoing with CIA and other uh, secretive uh, operations within the United States government against the, against us. And part of what they discovered in those hearings was that the CIA had employed many people throughout the mainstream media and they were using them for psyops in the 1970s against United States citizens and that was not supposed to be part of the whole PSYOP operation and the clandestine operations of the CIA which was supposed to be foreign oriented not not against us but it was anyway and of course they claimed that they'd stopped it but they never have part of what was set up originally in 1948 was the Smith-Mund Act which was also to keep it at bay and keep it foreign 
and keep it honest and keep it clean. And the justification for it originally was that it was not going to be used either illegally or against us. It would not be used domestically to give us false information, but that it would be used internationally. Now, of course, that has never been true. And what was found out in the in the Frank Church Committee um, was that that of course they were doing this inside of the United States, doing it extensively and paying people to do it. So we have. Uh, uh, an incident that was recorded in 2000, the National Public Radio reported in April of 2000 that it came to light that soldiers for the 4th Psychological Operations Group had been interning American news networks with, with CNN and NPR to give more false information to us as early as 2000. And of course they claimed they weren't doing it. <coughs> Excuse me. So there was supposed to be a prohibition on domestic dissemination of uh, false operations or psyops intended for foreign audiences. And then we got into 2012, which was the Smith Moderation Act of 2012, which basically released the federal government from not telling lies to our own citizens. And effectively, they legalized and authorized the CIA, the NSA, and others to interact with the mainstream media to tell us disinformation. And they decriminalized anything that might go on between the Secretary of State, the Department of Defense, the CIA, and others using misinformation and disinformation against its own United States citizens. And of course, one can say, well, uh, they just legalized what was always there, and that is true, because they had never stopped using it against us. But this... ...world domination tactic of the technocracy, the globalist fascist technocracy. Um, and... We have to take responsibility our own selves for stopping our access, the, the access we give in our daily lives that is entirely unnecessary. Things like Alexa, the Amazon doorbell, the Nest systems. These things are going to be pushed on us. And the more we just willingly say, yeah, I don't care if they listen to me, it doesn't matter, what do I have to say that, you know, it's not that, it's not that you don't care, that you have nothing bad that they could listen to, it's the fact that they're listening, <laughs> and people want to pretend like that's okay, but these demonized truth tellers, um, they're the problem, right? So, I'm just going to leave it there, folks. You are free. Enjoy your weekend. Um, if something massively vital comes up, I will see you. Otherwise, I'll see you on Monday. And I'll say again, thank you to C6... Purple Power! We're going into, uh... Checking in with Anne. Today, I'd like to talk about Basil 3. 
Now, on the last few cat reports, I've been putting some headlines with links that take you to places that are either give you a general explanation of basal three, but really are telling you what's going on right now. And this affects the world's economy, the central banks, the price of gold is very important. You don't see a lot of folks reporting on it. Thomas, give us give us that special look into this area for us. Well, Betsy, as you know, our listeners have asked us to elaborate on warlord bankers and brokers and their warmongering politicians, and we did. And we gave you what a hundred-page report. In fact, you say that, and just remind everybody, I'm going to put those the links to the Basel reports that we posted in the last few days, so you yourself can read about it, and also a link back to the Venetian bankers. Now, without interruption, apologies. Now, what we didn't do was to bring you up to modern times in terms of how bad the banking is. We showed you that those same old warlord banking families have been going on since, well, certainly Venetian times uh, with the Crusades and right up into modern times. But what we didn't point out is the international banking uh, warlords, and that's what we're going to do now. Uh, Basel III is an attempt to make sure that fractional banking doesn't collapse all world currencies. Now, that sounds like a big statement. Let me explain. The Bank for International Settlements stands alone, and I'll tell you its history in a minute, but it stands alone as the bank that allows these gigantic brokers, who are all backed by bankers, to have a derivatives market. And derivatives is nothing but betting. And so basically from its inception, during the time of uh, Hitler, Basically, that was Hitler's bank. When Hitler went around and stole the gold from all the different countries, he put it into the Swiss banks. He put it into Zurich, and uh, the Bank for International Settlement was created, and it, some say, is the economic financial control of the globalists. And one could say, yeah, to a certain degree, yes, and I'll explain why in a second. The Bank for International Settlement was created to basically handle central banks, there's 189 central banks. That's almost every country in the world. And they all answer to the International Monetary Fund. And the International Monetary Fund is the component of the United Nations economic system, which also includes the World Bank and the um, World Trade Organization and a bunch of other banks. And these banks are nothing more. They say that it's to help developing countries. That's a lie. It's nothing more than a ripoff. Here's how the ripoff works. The Bank for International Settlements, just like in the days of Hitler, Hitler didn't go after them because they had the money. As a matter of fact, Switzerland didn't even have an army, and Hitler left them alone. Everything around them he destroyed and took over, but these were his bankers. They're called the, the Gnomes of Zurich. But really, it, it's ran out of Basel, Basel, and it's also ran out of um, CERN, because CERN is where the basically the rogue intelligence groups particularly the American-sponsored ones, uh, actually have their headquarters. And so, and if you want to get technical, the globalists believe that you need a, a, a military arm. That military arm is the rogue CIA working through CERN. You need a financial arm. That's the Bank for International Settlement. And then you need a religious arm. That's the House of Savoy. That's King Philip VI of Spain, uh, who is now, they claim, is of royal direct blood lineage from Jesus Christ. 
you see. So that's how they tie into having a religious affiliation. So in Switzerland, you have the basis that some people say the globalists really started from and that that's where they will return, including the League of Nations, including the World Council of Churches and such other organizations. But the way that it works is this. Central banks all belong, 189 of them, to the International Monetary Fund. The International Monetary Fund basically assesses them and gives them dues, pretty much like the way that the United Nations does for its member countries. Depending upon your uh, GDP and depending upon other factors, you're basically assessed a fee, a dues, as it were. And most of the company countries, a part of the United Nations, don't really pay those dues. The only one country that actually pays them up in full is America. And so basically we have always put the bill for the United Nations. And Trump has said that he believes that the World Trade Organization and the World Bank are corrupt, that they're rigged. He has not said anything about what happened on March 29, 2019, when they did one of their biggest scams in the Bank for International Settlements history. Now, that's big. Let's just remember, the Bank for International Settlement is where the, the Nazis, when they pulled the gold out of Jews' teeth, they sent that gold after they melted it down to the Bank for International Settlements. And it wasn't until recently, a few years ago, that a Jewish family, the Bronfmans, sued them and they were able to get half of the gold. Whoa, to Bronfman. Get it back. I yeah. mean, that's loaded right there. Is yes. that the same family yes. with the sex cult and yes. with the liquor and all the... Everything. And Oh, my gosh. It doesn't really get much more well, powerful it, or corrupt that. really that. what people have seen over the last few years as we've been disclosing this is that really they're just a... We can name them. We can tell you who's at the top of this pyramid, what they're doing, and how to get to them pretty easily. A few more words about the Bank yeah. of International Settlement, and then we have to go to Bretton Woods to talk about the Russian spy, Harry Dexter White, who created this crazy system. And he was put in jail for being a Russian spy afterwards. And he created it as an attack against the West. It's called Bretton Woods Agreement, 1944. And that's when these things were established, and the United Nations was given this tremendous power over all central banks in all countries must kowtow to the International Monetary Fund, who charges them dues, and then gives them back what is a world currency called special drawing rights. They were trying to, trans to supplant that with carbon credits, with carbon footprints. They were going to, that was to be the new tax as well as the new currency. And they were going to move it over, but now that can't happen. That's why $5 trillion was set aside by, the, by Obama to pay in to the Paris Climate Accord. Five trillion dollars Trump saved us by a stupid United Nations resolution. And that's what we're talking about. We're All talking that, and he doesn't even take a salary. Isn't that's right. he just amazing? And these people in the United Nations sit around with our enemies, and what do they do? They simply conspire, plot, and actively work against America. And we, the taxpayers, pay for this. Yes, we do. We pay out the nose, and we're the only ones who pay. So Trump has stopped money to the Blue Helmets, to the peacekeeping forces. He stopped money to the World Health Organization. He stopped money to UNESCO. He stopped money are the dues they charge us. And he said that he's going to go after the World Trade Organization and the World Bank. And in that, would he, he would end up having to go after also then uh, the Bank for National Settlements. Now, let me explain why this is so insane. The Bank for International Settlements, this, um, let me give you a quick example. 
Somebody bet, I forget what it was, two or four billion dollars on the stock market, but it was in commodities, and so uh, the Bank for National Settlement, it was a derivative, actually it was a derivative purchase on gold, and it was for billions of dollars, and no one could clear it. And that's what the Bank for International Settlements is there for. It's to clear banking problems, to clear banking investments, to clear banking derivative uh, purchases, which there is a law that says if it all collapses, the first group to be paid are the people who basically gambled with their derivatives. Now, those derivatives... No one knows how many, how much money is involved in derivatives, hundreds of trillions of dollars, and it could all collapse because of one of the banks that is centrally involved in this, which almost happened with Deutsche Bank, that it almost collapsed because of the following. Banks make their money by buying longs and shorts and derivatives and betting on commodities oftentimes in, mar in markets, particularly silver and gold. And they have a cycle with silver so they know when they it's going to go up and down. And then they manipulate gold. Okay, It was always manipulated before by the Rockefeller family, uh, excuse me, the Rothschilds through the city of London. But now it's, believe it or not, the people who own the New York Stock Exchange in an intercontinental exchange incorporated which is a group that then also determines the LIBOR rate. So again, we're back to total corruption. It's just that it's not under the banner of a Rothschild. It's now under the banner of an international corporation that is the number one clearinghouse, the Internet Intercontinental Exchange, which owns the New York Stock Exchange, the New York Commodities Exchange, the Chicago Commodities Exchange, and most of the clearinghouses... Uh, that support them for also for derivatives and also in foreign countries and also in foreign markets. This company, ICE Incorporated, is just huge. has so much power, I, I can't even tell you how much power they have. But anyway, so they're, they're directly the manipulators of the Bank for International Settlements at this point. And so one of their banks, no one ever knew, came up short on one of their derivative bets. And so the Bank for International Settlements said, oh, no, uh, we're not going to clear that. So they held it for four days. And then somebody out of somewhere sold the, the exact amount, a little bit more than the exact amount that was needed so that that bank, Deutsche Bank, well, we believe it's Deutsche Bank, didn't go under because of their derivatives. How, how long ago was this? What are we talking about? Days? Two years ago. Two years? Okay. All right. This is happening now. These banks are insolvent if you look at their no. derivative uh, exposure. It's a so, game right now. And the Bank for International Settlement is not only a stealer of, 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 of gold from people's teeth and they won't give it back to them. That's also where gold the Marcos gold teeth. went. Oh, Lordy. What? So they handled the Marcos gold, they handled the Hitler gold, okay? So these aren't rumors, they handled even parts of the Yamashita gold. No one even knows how much money that was, <laughs> how much money that is. We know that now, at the Zurich airport, you can taxi to this one end of the Zurich airport and drop your gold off in the gold bullion, the numbered gold bullion vaults of Zurich, because they no longer have numbered accounts in, in Switzerland, because it's illegal, and so they made it numbered gold bullion accounts that no one can figure out who owns. And that's where the entire thing happens that I'm about to tell you, which is just 
insane. And of course, we know that you're not prone to conspiracy theories, because a lot of people do discuss this place at the end of the airport. This is for real. You can go get films of them unloading, loading, and unloading. <laughs> no, it's quite real. And it, uh, the, but to call them the gnomes uh, of Zurich, that goes back forever. I mean, this is where the Venetian bankers first came to. And that's why the Savoys ended up in Switzerland and why they actually have a claim to Jerusalem. And that's why they could be the religious and the, politi- uh, the um, military, economic, and religious control center of globalism. Basically, they have been. Running all of their IT through CERN. Yes. Which is, of course, the headquarters for the rogue CIA, which controls basically all war. And so when you talk about the military branch, that is it. We've spent, nobody knows how much money. More money has been spent on CERN than any other uh, scientific uh, endeavor in history. So, going back, the Bank for International Settlement did something recently. I'm going to tell you about the first 189 central banks all kowtow to the IMF. Now, we told you what was about to happen. That's what we love. We love to sit around in our conclave and talk with our team members and really eat this up so that we know where it's going so why we can laugh. Remember, what is Aim for Truth? Aim for Truth's image is Odin and Frigg sitting around betting on what the humans below them are going to end up doing. And so they make bets, and they both have access to wisdom. One has access to the well of wisdom, the other one has access, well, there's two wells of wisdom. And so they bet, right? So the team and the conclave and all of us sit around, and I'm probably the most vocal team. You're Odin, hands down. Well, but I make the most vocal predictions because I think it through, I do a little research, and then I, you know, try to show that I'm ahead of the game. So here's what happened. This is just... Unfreaking believable. We predicted that this was going to happen. We predicted that they would figure out that climate change was a complete myth. It's insane. It's the opposite of what they say. We've entered into a mini ice age, exactly as the Maunder cycle is indicated. Watch the sun and watch the temperature of the ocean, and then you see the climate. They're watching the climate. They're doing it all backwards. So anyway, we pointed all of this out. That what was about to happen was they were going to change from special drawing rights of the International Monetary Fund, which was basically a global currency, if if they could just get those seven other countries to have a central bank, and if they could really calculate how much gold there was in the world, which I'll go to in a second, then they could control it all. But they can't do either one of those two things. 189 countries all buy into this, but only some of them have really big returns on the IMF dues they pay, and that's a political committee of 22 people who decide who gets this money, as if they're trying to help people. And so they pulled China in, both Russia and China have been members for quite some time, but they pulled China just uh, in 2016 in and basically insinuated that if they had enough gold, that they could, you know, run a gold currency, gold-backed currency. And they did the same to Russia. But Russia doesn't kowtow to Central Bank, the International, uh, uh, the Bank for International Settlements, tells the IMF what to do, which tells all central banks what to do, which tell all banks what to do, which basically controls all the money in your pocket. So no matter you whether you know it or not, the decisions in Switzerland are affecting you. And the one I'm about to tell you that happened on March 29, 2019 is so mind-boggling, I have to do this build-up for but, it. But I'm mind sorry. you, you haven't heard it on Fox News, have you? No. No. I, matter of fact, you... 
Most of these reports come out of Russia. So, and other countries, because they're fighting this. And we told you this fight was going on. It's been going on since we've been on the air, and we've been telling you about it. So, and we also told you about the magical Shanghai Mystery Yamashita Gold. Yes. Eight thousand tons of metric tons of gold just appeared in the Shanghai district of China where basically it everything's illegal they can do anything you want it's all I mean it's all lawless it's just like Obama Hillaryville okay if you're a Chinese you get 17% added on to everything so if you become a Chinese nationalist where where does Hillary where's Hillary now weeds trying to weeds Hillary is in Shanghai. That's where she moved her certification authorization company and other companies. That's why she tried to do the Singapore deal with Broadcom. Because here's what happened. China tried to muscle into the IMF because China is like a bull in the China cabinet. <laughs> and they don't have any finesse when it comes to politics. They don't know how to lie. They just blatantly lie and then blatantly, instantaneously do the opposite. So, what did they do? They said, well, we went into the IMF. We want more special drawing rights. In other words, they saw what was coming. And because they needed to get the IMF to start giving them more money and more special drawing rights. Why? Because the new climate change nonsense, carbon footprint tax, new international currency... They wanted to get the val their value up in the IMF so that then when it shifted over, because all the money was going to go to China. Guess what? $400 million of the first payment for the Paris Climate Accord was to go to China, basically, and a couple other countries, because they're underdeveloped. Isn't that nice? We were to pay China. That was the first step of climate change. Unbelievable. Anyway, so China magically comes up with 8,000 metric tons. Okay. That, wait a second, they came up with 7,000, I believe, because we have 8,100, whatever. And they had to have as much as we did so that they could match us, because right now our gold doesn't cover, and this is key point, key point, our gold doesn't cover how much fiat currency we have out there. And we are the number one currency. We're always above 90% of all currency exchanges, including oil. And so the concept of petrodollar is really universal dollar. Any business you were doing, including China and Russia, was done in dollars, especially for oil. Hello? Russia was handling more oil through Kazakhstan, Kyrgyzstan, Turkestan, all those, and Russia, than anybody. And so they said, well, we want the ruble to be recognized as a special drawing, as a current recognized currency in the IMF. And they said, no, you don't have enough gold. So China said, uh, we, the yuan isn't recognized, and we want it to be recognized. They said, you don't have enough gold. So China started first off fabricating fake gold and selling it to other nations and trading it and getting gold back. That's the reason Canada's gold reserves went from 1,000 metric tons to zero, basically. Who do they sell it to? The Chinese. So Chinese went up 1,000. They still have, they're like 10th on the list. So Shanghai Gold Exchange supposedly manifested somehow, eight, whatever, made us equal 7,000 metric tons. And then we found out what later because pres people pressured them and because the, there's this gold standard group that goes to assess gold, these fake, lying, disgusting auditors 
who are behind all bankers and behind all brokers or disgusting auditors and accountants, okay? Those are the most evil people on the earth because they lie with the figures that kill people. Anyway, they went there and said, uh, you can't have that gold, where'd you get it? And then they found out that they withdrew the whole thing and that 7,000 metric tons of gold just uh, vanished in air, thin air. And the Chinese now say it's not in their gold reserves. They're back to the same number they had before, except for the gold they bought from China. Okay. I that, mean, from Canada. Okay. I, I can see people like going, what the heck did you, you say? You have to know this. Okay. Now. Well, can you just call that down into a couple of, like a tight sentence? What is exactly am I supposed to extract from all of that? China tried to get in the IMF and muscled them with fake gold. Okay. Getting yes. ready for the exchange into carbon footprint tax. Okay. Another question. If Canada sold them, did Canada sell them all its gold? Pretty oh, much. Pretty much. Well, well, that's not going to be good for Canadians when this whole reset stuff has happened. Well, Frank Joustra, the gold king oh, of Canada, yes. and Barrick Gold are both fake gold. Yeah. That's all paper gold. That's lie. That's, so, that is Adnan Kasaji and George Daddy Bush is Barrick Gold, all fake. And then you have the gold. Frank Joustra is the money, the money behind Uranium One. He gave $100 million to Clinton for that deal, to well, Bill did, Clinton. Did Canada sell real gold to China or paper gold? Well, now, this is what's again, funny. Okay, because <laughs> folks, you, I mean, we are assuming that you understand this to a level that you're into this 20 minutes, that paper gold is really fiat currency tied to nothing. The gold bullion vault in the city of London, owned by the Rothschilds, on every ounce of gold they have 30 uh, paper gold notes written on it. So, in other words, they say it's worth 30 times because it's called frank fractional banking. I'm going to go yeah, there in a second. Yeah, but when derivatives get so out of control like that, they're no longer attached to anything. It's just a huge illusion. And it's the same thing that happens with the Internet. You know, we push this out, and then other people pick it up, and people pick it up, and it goes on and out, and the information gets to a point where you can't track back influence to where it originated. And this is what they didn't understand when they uh, started to weaponize the Internet, that it would be very easy for people out here, these little in the grass, you know, little people like us, to be able to send it out and influence such large groups of people and they can't control that and that's what's happening with this gold thing I'm sorry go ahead let's look at Venezuela it says to Britain give us our gold and they say nope can't give it to you because the auditors have to audit it the insurance has to have a complete insurance package to show that it can get it there and be insured across the ocean and or in an airplane so we can't really get an insurance package for you so in other words Canada China Right now, the world economy stands at an alarming precipice. But would it surprise you to learn that the events of today are nothing new? Give me the next few minutes, and I'll show you that there are cycles to history that can not only allow you to see the future, but to make preparations for the very predictable outcomes. You're about to discover that huge financial gyrations, inflation, Loss of personal freedom and out-of-control government are all things that we have been warned about for centuries and are the direct consequences of the monetary system itself. In fact, most world history is determined by monetary history. So what lessons can we take from the past to help us navigate the perfect economic storm that awaits us?
Debasing a nation's currency supply to pay for public works and war is a pattern that just repeats and repeats throughout history, and it's a pattern that always ends badly. In this double episode, we're going to create a timeline to show the similarities between ancient Rome and the United States today. Just like the USA, Rome started out as a republic after overthrowing a monarchy. So let's begin with their early economy in around 500 BC. In the early days of the Roman Republic, for the first 178 years, there's no evidence of big inflation. They were using gold and silver coinage mostly as their currency. Small denominations were made out of copper and bronze. Then Hannibal of Carthage starts to harass Rome in something called the Second Punic War. And to pay for this war, they did deficit spending by taking the coins that they took in in taxes, melting them down, and adding cheap and abundant base metals, such as copper, so that they could mint more coins. This caused a big inflation, and the inflation was one of the factors that brought the Roman Republic down to a dictatorship, the Roman Empire. Most of Rome's gold and silver was stored in vaults under the floor of their treasury, which was also known as the Temple of Saturn. If you visit Rome, go to the Forum in the center of the city, where you can still find the ruins of the temple today. And here's something I found really interesting. The U.S. Treasury in Washington, D.C. has almost exactly the same design. So now let's start filling in our timeline of events to keep track of the major similarities between Rome and the USA. We just learned that the early Roman Republic enjoyed a long period of practically no inflation because they used sound money, pure gold and silver. Interestingly, the United States started on the same path. From the late 1700s to the early 1900s, prices were very stable thanks to laws that mandated the use of gold and silver as money, and our people were not robbed by inflation. But in both instances, it was the ongoing debasement of the money for war spending and public works that led to economic chaos. Tell us the parallels between Rome and what's happening in the United States today. Well, they obviously two very different societies, but uh, there, there are some broad parallels. Rome was a republic. They made sure they had two people each year who were the, the rulers, the consuls. They uh, always changed because the Romans were uh, worried. They'd had a monarchy before, very unpopular. They overthrew it. So they didn't want anyone getting too, much, too, too many powers. Uh, what did in Rome, no surprise, excessive taxation and debasing the money. When you look at the coinage, it started out being an exact measure of copper for the sesterci and silver for the denarii. And by the time it was all over, worth absolutely nothing with perhaps a wash of silver to make it look like the original thing, which is exactly what we're doing now. So these patterns repeat themselves. They always repeat themselves. The Romans were the first culture to understand that a currency maintains its value because of its rarity. Julius Paulus once said, this device being officially promulgated circulates and maintains its purchasing power not so much from its substance as from its quantity. Even still, the Romans never stopped churning out more currency, just like the USA today and the ancient Greeks before them. But in their race to debase, 
the Romans came up with some new twists of their own. The first of these twists was coin clipping. Whenever a Roman would enter a government building, they'd simply clip the edge off of their gold or silver coin. They would save up all of those clippings, melt them down, and mint more coins, expanding the currency supply. And when that wasn't enough, they developed the art of revaluation, where you just take a coin and you stamp a new value on it. You got one? 100! <laughs> that simple. The move away from uh, precious metals to something less than precious metals, and the Roman Empire famously clipped their coins. Uh, this was a debasement of the currency. There wasn't a paper currency, but it was a debasement of the currency. In the U.S., there's a very interesting phenomenon going on where they're not clipping coins, but when you go to the supermarket, you find that the portions uh, of the uh, items at the supermarket on sale are shrinking. You know, the servings on various other consumer products are getting smaller and smaller, but this price is the same. So it's very similar to that old Roman coin clipping trick. Uh, from 2,000 years ago. It's, a, it's a, another form of currency debasement, but it's hidden through cardboard and marketing and fancy presentation, but the people are nevertheless having their currency debased. So why should you care about this? The quality of a society is directly proportional to the quality of its money. Stable money leads to stable prices, which leads to a stable society. Whereas, debasement of the currency leads to the demise of empires. The major reason for Rome's ongoing currency debasement was to pay for their ever-expanding empire and never-ending wars. The precious metals content of their coinage fell further and further until it had next to no connection with the pure gold and silver that had initially provided them with a stable economy. Cut to today, and we see the same pattern. Up until the outbreak of World War I, the United States had very high levels of precious metals in its coinage, and treasury notes were backed by gold at a one-to-one -one ratio. From there, the USA debased its currency more and more to pay for World War II, the Korean War, and then the Vietnam War, until finally, the link between gold and the US dollar was severed completely. For those new to the series, let's revisit the pivotal event that has managed to sneak under the radar of modern historians as nothing more than a side note, even though it will have repercussions for generations to come. It was an unprecedented act of global debasement by a modern wannabe emperor that would make any Roman ruler hang his head in shame. Most people think that President Nixon's criminal activities were limited to wiretapping and spying on the competition. But his greatest crime came on August 15, 1971, when he severed the last ties between the dollar and gold, when he ended the Bretton Woods system. I have directed Secretary Connolly to suspend temporarily the convertibility of the dollar into gold or other reserve assets, except in amounts and conditions determined to be in the interest of monetary stability and in the best interest of the United States. The Bretton Woods system tied all of the world's currencies to gold through the U.S. dollar. But instead of running out and hanging the guy when he took us the world off of gold, the world just yawned and accepted that we were now on a fiat currency system, that we were now on this infinitely expanding system, that we no longer had money, we had currency. Money should be 
a fixed measure of value. It's like 5,280 feet in a, in a, in a mile or uh, uh, 12 inches in a foot. I gave the example, imagine trying to build a house, say uh, 2,500 square feet. If the foot changed each day, it was 12 inches one day, 10 the next, 20 the next, very hard to do if uh, that's changing. Well, the same, or, or the clock. I, I like, yeah, this. The, the, the 60 minutes an hour, imagine if they floated the clock. So you had 60 minutes an hour one day, 30 the next, 90 the next. You'd soon have to have hedges driven as futures to figure out how many hours you're working. You're baking a cake, I love this example. And it says, uh, bake the batter for 45 minutes. Then you have to figure out, is that inflation adjusted minutes? Is it a California minute, a Nevada minute? Uh, just makes life infinitely uh, complicated. So when uh, you have a fixed measure, uh, when you go to the market, you assume if you're getting 16 ounces of liquid, it's uh, 16, not 13, not 18. Uh, just makes uh, commerce, which is the source of wealth, people doing things with each other, infinitely easier. It is very odd that we've established a situation where what people do is scramble to borrow liabilities. Certainly, I guess, the most attractive liability in the world, or put a different way, the most attractive free trading lie on the planet is the U.S. dollar. We joke in investment conferences, it's the worst currency in the world, except all the others. If you're going to trade in a lie, it better be a liquid lie. <laughs> what the United States dollar has going for it is the most liquid lie in the world. I mean, if you think about the advantage that we have now, yes, it's, it's a horrible thing to do morally. But what we do is amazing. It's amazing that we can get away with this. We print a lie, a dream, on a piece of paper. And we ship it to Brazil, and they send us coffee. And we ship the same lie to Germany, and they send us a Mercedes. And we ship the same lie to Japan, and they ship us a stereo. It's actually a pretty cool deal. I mean, I feel bad about it in a sense, but it's, it's grandly amusing in a sort of a cosmic sense. You just need to understand that somehow, sometime, some way, there's going to be a reckoning. The dollar is involved uh, worldwide as a major currency, so it's one half of everything we do. And it has no definition. I used to get a charge out of asking Bernanke and Greenspan, define a dollar. And, you know, they can't define a dollar. They, you know, in the old days, it was a weight, a weight of silver, a weight of gold, and, and that's what it was supposed to be according to the Constitution. Well, Dr. McCracken, not being an economist, can you explain to me briefly how in the world do you determine what a value of a dollar is in relation to a French franc, for instance, if you can't convert that dollar into gold? What standard do you have? What is it worth at all? You determine that's going to be determined in the marketplace, just as really largely it has already. So well, what is this going to do then to, uh, for instance, the speculator in gold? How is this going to affect him? Is well, the price going to drop or rise? The, uh, the the official price of gold, of course, has not been changed. That was not, uh, that was not a part of this program at all, nor is that contemplated. Well, maybe they should have contemplated what was likely to happen because for anyone who had studied history, the outcome was perfectly clear. Rather than help the economy, Nixon's actions made things a lot worse, and the public started feeling the effects of inflation much more acutely. It was hard for savers to keep their heads above water unless they had saved in the ultimate stores of value gold and silver. Just as it had always done throughout history, gold once again accounted for the expanding fiat currency supply by rising in price to cover that supply. Gold had done this as recently as 1934, 
When the USA's debasement really started heating up and gold was revalued from $20.67 an ounce to $35 an ounce. Now the process began again as the public bid the price up from $35 an ounce in 1971, climbing all the way to $850 an ounce in 1980, easily accounting for the massive quantities of currency the USA had conjured out of thin air now that Nixon had removed all restrictions. Gold had once again held an out-of-control currency to answer. Getting back to the Julius Paulus quote about the value of a currency being decided by the quantity rather than the content, one of the biggest economic hurdles that mankind repeatedly trips on is that we have never been able to control the quantity of currency. And this is one of the reasons why gold has always been the ultimate money. It can't be printed and it keeps us in check. Today, I think cryptocurrencies are a very exciting development and have tremendous possibilities. The bottom line is that governments have a long history of trying to cheat gold either through debasement or manipulation of the markets, but here's the thing. In the end, gold always wins. And that brings us back to the Romans, who went through many cycles of currency debasement for war spending, then inflation being felt by the public, then revaluation of the currency, then more debasement for deficit spending on war, resulting in even more inflation being felt by the public. The cycle repeated again and again. Those who were able to hold gold outside the official system maintained their purchasing power. Those who did not suffered greatly. In 270 AD, Emperor Aurelian took power and had the now worthless official coinage recalled and minted again to contain a small amount of silver, just 5%. This act brought a new vitality to Rome, but unfortunately it was short-lived as government after government gave in to the temptation of spending beyond their means. Eventually, wars were funded by levying huge taxes on businesses and the rich. This only had the effect of closing down many essential businesses. The more meddling the government did with the economy, the worse things became. The government started confiscating private property by force to fill their empty state coffers. Rome was sliding into ruin. And that brings us to Emperor Diocletian. His actions are the first recorded example of the following hidden secret of money. Wage and price controls do not work. He came to power as inflation was surging, but his decisive actions only added fuel to the fire. So because the economy was getting worse and worse, Diocletian created a whole bunch of great government solutions. He created a bunch of works projects. He hired, he hired a bunch of the homeless and, and uh, people that were unemployed, made them soldiers and government employees. And this caused deficit spending to just go out of control and inflation raged into what is known as the first documented hyperinflation. So to get inflation under control, in 301 AD, Diocletian issued his infamous Edict of Prices. This was a massive volume of a list of all of the wages and the prices people could charge for goods and services. And it was all enforced under the penalty of death. So what happened was uh, instead of risking your life to sell something at a profit so that you could stay in business, people just closed up shop. Instead of doing a job that was listed in the book that was below a living wage, people quit their chosen career and, and tried to pursue a job that wasn't listed in the book. The result of this was that Diocletian came out with a law that said every son had to go into his father's business under the penalty of death. 
When governments start meddling with an economy, the result is always the same. Prices become distorted. This is a huge danger because prices act as a signal for an economy. They indicate to producers and buyers where true value lies. The outcome is always economic turmoil, shortages, and black markets. We've seen what happened to gold when Nixon started his economic interference. So now let's go back and see what happened when Diocletian started his jumbo-sized meddling with the economy. We know when Diocletian created the Edict of Prices that the price of gold was 50,000 denarii per pound. And then we also know uh, from transaction receipts around 50 years later, the price of gold had risen to 1,200,000,000 denarii per pound. That's a 42,400% hyperinflation over a 50-year period. That would be similar to if gold was $35 an ounce 50 years ago, today, one ounce of gold would be about a million and a half dollars. Another analogy that I can make is if an average family car was about $2,000 50 years ago, today it would be selling for $85 million. Just imagine $85 million on the windshield of a, of a car at a car lot. That's the type of inflation these poor people suffered through. Well, wage and price controls uh, upends an economy, gives more power to the government. Uh, what are price controls? Prices are supposed to convey information. That's what markets are about, knowledge and information. So a price will tell you something is dear. Oh, get out and produce more. Uh, the price is low, maybe you're produ producing too many of it. So it's a way of conveyance of information. So you devote your efforts to something that people want, not what a bureaucrat dictates. So when governments uh, trash the money and uh, your uh, prices, nominal prices are going up, uh, the government response is, oh, they're greedy speculators or merchants or whatever. And so you say you can't charge as much. Well, what that means is you get a black market and you hurt the production of the thing. The idea that government can substitute for uh, people interacting among themselves is preposterous. This pattern of failed price controls is something we see throughout history and across the globe. Skip forward over 1,500 years and governments still hadn't learned their lesson. During the chaos of the French Revolution, the government issued a set of wage and price controls known as the Law of Maximum, also imposed under the penalty of death. It's worth noting that when wage and price controls are implemented, government always tries to deflect attention away from the problems that it has created itself by shifting the focus to businesses who are labeled as greedy hoarders or price gougers. In reality, most are just average people trying to keep their business afloat, doing their best to deal with the unstable supply and demand curve created by government meddling. And France was no exception to this blame game. During the Law of Maximum, many innocent people were executed, food shortages developed, and black markets ruled until finally, 15 months later, the act was repealed because it didn't work and all the stored up energy of government manipulation was unleashed at once, leading to a further period of chaos and inflation for France. I agree with Steve Forbes. The idea of wage and price controls is absolutely preposterous. Now we'll skip forward another 200 years and government was at it again. Many people don't realize that Nixon's speech from 1971 also included the announcement of a 90-day wage and price freeze. 
The United States was suffering from big inflation thanks to deficit spending for the Vietnam War. Silver had been taken out of circulation in 1965, reducing our coinage to worthless flecks of base metal, and the paper currency supply had been expanded greatly. Did that sound familiar? Just like Diocletian, Nixon's team of economic boffins thought they could curb inflation by fixing wages and prices. The time has come for decisive action, action that will break the vicious circle of spiraling prices and costs. I am today ordering a freeze on all prices and wages throughout the United States for a period of 90 days. Working together, we will break the back of inflation. You'd think that these people would learn from history, but they don't. To get an idea of how out of touch the men with their hands on the economic levers were, listen to what Nixon's advisor had to say about the duration of the controls. Would it be your anticipation that it would take more than 90 days to break the back of inflation, as the president put it tonight, uh, that uh, there would have to be a further extension of an actual wage price freeze? I would not, uh, no, I wouldn't, uh, I, I don't think one can say that uh, uh, it will necessarily uh, uh, take longer. Uh, we're, uh, we're sailing to some extent in an uncharted sea here, uh, but uh, this, uh, uh, this, I think, is, is a reasonable estimate of the time that's going to be required. Glenn Rather. President Nixon is expected to speak for about 15 minutes on his new economic policies. The president's address tonight comes against a background of the following facts, among others, record high gold prices and rapidly increasing cost of living figures for most Americans. The wholesale price index rose by 2.1% during the month of May. The index of industrial commodities in the last three months has risen at an annual rate of 15.9%, the worst since the Korean War 20 years ago. All of that part of the general background of the president's remarks tonight. Every American family is confronted with a real and pressing problem of higher prices. And I have decided that the time has come to take strong and effective action to deal with that problem. Effective immediately, therefore, I am ordering a freeze on prices. This freeze will hold prices at levels no higher than those charged during the first eight days of June. It will cover all prices paid by consumers. What was Albert Einstein saying? What kind of an idiot would do the same thing over and over expect, and expect different results each time? And it's the same pattern that's happened repeatedly, cycle after cycle after cycle after cycle for thousands of years. A country borrows itself into bankruptcy. It creates more money to try to pay its debt. Prices go up. People rebel. The whole system falls apart. And I'm scared about it. Countries collapse over this. They go to war about this kind of thing. Rebellion in the street. Overthrows of government. The whole nine yards. There is nothing to be gained from inflation and everything to lose. And we're going to lose everything. Around the world, people don't seem to realize that government intervention always makes things worse. It's the government manipulating things. Whenever you manipulate something and try and control it over here uh, and, and not allow the free markets to balance everything all by themselves, something comes squirting out way over here that you just don't expect. For instance, the dot-com bubble popped in 2000. Alan Greenspan lowered interest rates to try and get the stock markets back up again and he accidentally created a real estate bubble that's now devastating the world. 
Back during World War I, they inflated the currency supply tremendously. The Federal Reserve was born just at the beginning of World War I. We added to the currency supply by adding bonds to our, back our currency along with gold. Then there was this big, it's called the Depression of 1921. It's the single greatest deflation that the U.S. has ever seen. It's bigger than the Great Depression. The contraction of the currency supply was huge. The reason nobody knows about the Depression of 1921, they only know of the stock market crash of, the, of 29 and the Great Depression, is because the government did not rush in to save us. The Federal Reserve didn't try to suddenly lower interest rates down to zero. They didn't manipulate the free markets. They let the free markets work. It was horrible for a year. There were bankruptcies and foreclosures. People lost homes and things like that. But the bankruptcies and the businesses that, that uh, folded, there were new businesses that were more efficient, that grew up to take their place. And when a home gets foreclosed on, it gets resold to somebody else. And uh, yes, it was horrible, but the people that were leveraged out or the people that weren't uh, in full control of their finances or the inefficient businesses that were just hanging on by a thread anyway, yeah, they went under. But because the, the government didn't rush in to save us and the Federal Reserve didn't try and manipulate the economy, the free markets healed it all and in 18 months it was a memory. Uh, in fact, 10 years later, nobody could even remember the memory. It was gone. <laughs> Mark Twain is often quoted as saying, history doesn't repeat, but it sure does rhyme. And as you've seen from this episode, that sure rings true. The wage and price controls, we will probably end up trying this in the United States sometime in the future. And you know, they tried it during Diocletian. It didn't work, it destroys the economy and eventually they have to repeal the act. They tried it during the French Revolution. It didn't work, it ruins the economy and they have to repeal it. Nixon tried it. It didn't work. It ruined the economy and they had to repeal it. It's not going to work the next time they try it. This stuff just keeps on happening over and over and over again. And part of it is caused by the four-year election cycle. All of the politicians are worried about what's going to happen on their watch and they push all the problems forward to the, to the next administration. They really don't care what's going to happen out in the future. They care what's happening, you know, how they're remembered. So I'm expecting this to happen in the United States sometime. Right now I'm expecting a deflation, but when we get to big inflation or hyperinflation, you can pretty much count on the fact that they're going to make the same stupid mistakes because politicians do not read monetary history. This is just the beginning of the similarities between ancient Rome and the USA. In the next episode, we're going to focus on some more amazing events that are echoing throughout history to today. And we'll see what the future holds for the United States if we continue down the same path so many societies have gone before.
disease people are lying to <laughs> I just made up this song to try to help the situation I don't know <laughs> I have to get one more in there I don't know